This is Springfield Comeback on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. And we're now joined by Dr. Mark DePew with the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum. Uh, Dr. DePew, good morning to you. And, you know, when we talk about this uh, the presentation that you're uh, going to be bringing about the Pacific Theater and World War II and specifically our, our battle with Okinawa and Iwo Jima and stuff, it, it really is fascinating because not only, you know, I, I understand when it comes to World War II studies, the sexier one or, you know, the, the one that gets the most attention is the European theater because it's easy to see where we made advances and declines and things like that but the the pacific theater was really uh, interesting in that you know an island to island airstrike hop kind of thing it, it really was new wasn't it, it, it in, in 1945 it never been done before well it certainly was um glad to be able to have a chance to talk to you this morning um i've talked to several um, Marines, not surprisingly, who had complaints that how come the European theater gets all the attention? You should do something about the Pacific theater. So I figured that uh, I'd put together something for Iwo Jima and Okinawa. I meant to do it a few months ago, but uh, uh, COVID-19 had some different ideas about that. So we will be talking about the Battle of Iwo Jima on Thursday, and that is one day before the actual surrender of the Japanese, which happened on August 14th. And then Okinawa is on September 3rd, which is one day after the formal uh, signing ceremony, which is on the USS Missouri. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the, the battle, the, the combat in the Pacific theater was just brutal. And it has everything to do with the nature of the Japanese themselves, with this Bushido attitude they had where it was... It was better to die in combat. It was better to kill yourself, to uh, commit suicide, rather than surrender to the enemy. And when they got to Iwo Jima, unlike so many of the other battles beforehand, where they get to these islands like Tarawa and uh, Saipan, they would have bonsai charges that everybody's heard about. Um, In this case, in Iwo Jima and Okinawa both, uh, the commanders decided we're not going to do that. We're going to make the Americans dig us out uh, foxhole by foxhole, bunker by bunker, and it, the battle was just, the, the nature of the combat was just just brutal all the way through. Yeah, it really was, Dr. DePew, because when you think about it, like you said, you know, these Japanese soldiers had absolutely no fear of dying, none whatsoever. And I think that that was something that we never really came across before. That part of it, plus two, great military planning on their part, at least in the early going. I mean, they knew exactly when to attack Pearl Harbor because of the fact that sailors go out on a Saturday night and they choose a Sunday morning to attack. I mean, this was a sophisticated enemy that we'd never come across before, wasn't it? It? Yeah, it was. And, you know, it takes a while. You always underestimate the enemy until you actually get in the fight. What I can tell you, by the time Iwo Jima happens in the, the 19th of February is actually when the, the initial landing was, they made the prediction, the commander made the prediction, this will be over in 10 days. It was over 40 days later. And the number of casualties the Americans suffered were every bit as high as the Japanese. Now, Practically every single Japanese on the island died in the process. There was only a handful that surrendered or were captured after being severely wounded. But uh, a big percentage of the Americans who were casualties obviously were were wounded. But it was a staggering number. And yet 
they knew that they still had a fight ahead of them. And a couple months later, they landed in Okinawa. Same kind of scenario. The Japanese were dedicated to die to the last man and make the Americans bleed as much as they possibly could. And especially in Okinawa, just a little bit in Iwo, but especially in Okinawa, they faced the other terror of kamikaze attacks on the ships that had nowhere to go. They had to support the landings on the beaches. And so they were literally, they were sitting targets for the kamikazes that were coming in wave after wave. Wow. Dr. Mark DePue is with us uh, from the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum uh, talking about the Pacific Theater, you know, and what we had to do to, to turn the tide at, at World War II. And obviously those two islands were extremely important in the attack, you know, being relatively close to Tokyo. And, of course, the the atomic attacks that we did, they were extremely important. But, uh, again, doctor, I think that, that people, uh, you know, don't understand the fact that the, this mentality, I mean, when you know, capturing a Japanese person, Person and having them back as a prisoner of war was not only, uh, you know, not not what the Japanese soldier wanted to do, but it was almost like a disgrace if he got captured like that, it wasn't it? It was absolutely a disgrace. I mean, that was the last thing, and that explains everything about why they treated American POWs so horrifically. As far as they were concerned, they were less than human almost, and in too many cases they treat them that way. And one of the ironies of the dropping of the atomic bomb, which, as you know, is huge, still huge debate today about that, but there was lots of thought that when the invasion actually happened on the two main islands of Japan, that the Japanese would um, schedule to kill every single American POW they had in control. So uh, those POWs that did survive after experiencing horrific experiences survived in part because Truman's decision to drop the bomb. Sure. And of course, we, we, you know, right after that, you know, with with rebuilding the world after World War II, you know, that became the treaties and there became a standard to treat prisoners of war. But that certainly wasn't in place before that, you know, and the Japanese or if it was, the Japanese completely ignored it. Listen, fascinating stuff. We're almost out of time, doctor. So when uh, when is this going to be at the museum? And uh, it's Thursday night from seven to eight, I believe. And uh, uh, how can people uh, get more information on it? Well, you're not going to be able to actually go to the library on Thursday evening. It starts at 7 p.m. People are going to have to have access to it by going to the museum's Facebook Live page. So they go to the Facebook Live, uh, they open our page at the appointed time, and they scroll down to the post highlighting the live event. And once you're there, you simply click on the image and watch the live video stream. And for those who miss it on Thursday night at 7 o'clock, and it's strictly going to be Iwo Jima on Thursday night, uh, they'll be able to probably watch it on YouTube later on. All right, terrific, Doctor. Listen, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks for the time as well. You Hope bet. to see everybody there in virtually, if you know what I mean. 